You're now tuned into No One Watches Regular News, hosted by me, Kerry Bogar, and this is episode 116. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back. Um, in this episode, I'm I'm going to cover one main story. Uh, the story is about a gay couple that adopted two sons, and then this gay couple will go on to abuse their own son. So does this sound the alarm when it comes to same sex couples that adopt kids? Will they be viewed um, more so as a high risk of what happens when you take a, a child and they're adopted by a same-sex couple. Now, I'm not saying you know you know this is the case for every single couple. I'm saying how do, how do you protect the children from harm, from you know being in physical abuse, sexual abuse. You know how do you protect the children from this? Um, should it be some sort of mental health evaluation done on these couples, even couples that are straight? Um. Should there be some sort of mental health evaluation done, first and foremost, to see if they are suitable and should be allowed to adopt kids? Is there any uh, red flags or certain things that you look for when it comes to couples adopting kids? So, and the thing about this story that stands out is, you know, this, you know, this gay couple is a part of the LGBTQ, the LGBTQ community. So this story stands out because often what happens is people that have certain titles, you know, that be a priest, a pastor, a teacher, a cop, um, etc. You know, people with certain titles or they might be a part of a certain group. Do these people get passes for doing wrongdoings, uh, for doing wrong things? Excuse me. Do they get passes for the things they do that's wrong that might hurt somebody? And why do we overlook these things? You know, so that's one thing that I'm I'm going to discuss on this episode. Also, too, man, um, I'm seeing how black men are becoming the face of human trafficking now. Um, besides Andrew Tate, uh, the issues that's going on with the passport bros things, um, if you're a male, it's not wise now to brag about flying out women to meet you. It's not a good thing. You can be labeled as a human trafficker now if you're a guy online on Instagram TikTok, whatever, Facebook, YouTube. If you're bragging about going to go meet women, <clears throat> if you're bragging about flying women out to meet you, you could very well be accused of human trafficking. And now I'm seeing how white society gets upset when it's a bunch of black men bragging about going to go meet women in different countries, etc., and how now black men are becoming the face of this uh, whole you could be accused of human trafficking thing. It's a very big deal. And 
I don't think black men know exactly what's going on right now. And uh, that's one thing that I'm going to discuss right now in this episode. So uh, this story has not really gotten a lot of uh, attention. Um, I've seen it on social media, media here and there, but it's not like it's not the same whenever you whenever you hear about a white cop doing it. Um, whenever it is a black officer, it doesn't really get a lot of attention. Um, so. When looking at the story of Tyree Nichols, okay, so this happened in Memphis. So this has been seen as failing of basic humanity. This is what the police chief said in uh, Memphis. This is what she said. Um, it's failing of basic humanity. So Nichols, who died three days after a traffic stop, um, they're saying that, you know, this is just failing of basic humanity. What happened? So Nichols was a black man. He died on January 10th, a days after he was pulled over for reckless driving. Uh, he fled the scene of the traffic, but was taken into custody. All right. This is where things go south. Um, it said that Nichols was beat so bad that he couldn't be recognized. This is what they're saying, that, that he was beat that bad. Um, the five Memphis officers who were all black were all fired. And this was immediate. There was, there was no give them a, you know, desk job, you know, let's give them pay leave. No, this was very swift and, and very quickly that... As a result of Tyree Nichols' death, every single one of these officers were, were fired from their job. That's it. But I've noticed that this story has not gotten any attention right now. I've seen it here and there on social media, but not entirely. And once again, the, the media plays the race thing a lot. If this was five white officers, this would be a huge story. But it's just five black cops. So the media plays the story quite different. It's not a black and white thing. It's just a story of officers not doing their job. As the Memphis... Police chief said it's failing of basic humanity, and that's it. You know, it's people in Memphis that are upset about it, but this is not a nationwide thing like George Floyd was. You would think after George Floyd that every single case of police misconduct and mistreatment of the person they have in custody, that this would be a big thing. And it has not been that way. So we all know, anyone black know for a fact that the reason why the officers who beat Tyree Nichols so bad that he that he couldn't be recognized, you know why they were fired very quickly. You know why. 
It's obvious. It's Memphis. It's no different if this was fucking Atlanta, for God's sakes. It's very obvious. And it's obvious why the white media has not really played this story. It's been kind of on the, the low low. You know, you didn't kind of saw it here and there, but it's not being shared a lot. Again, if this was five white officers, this would be a huge fucking story. It's not a huge story. So this first story says, uh, Cleveland rapper accused of branding victims in human trafficking ring. Authorities are searching for this rapper. His name is, um, officially got paper. It says, so he has been accused of operating a human trafficking ring in which he branded his female victim. So on December 7th of last year, he was indicted on two counts of trafficking in, in persons, two counts of compelling prostitution, and two counts of promoting prostitution, it says. So, according to the Ohio Attorney General's Office, women say that, that uh, they were Sammy's victims, told investigators with the Northeast Ohio Human Trafficking Task Force that he was operating a human trafficking ring and advertising sex for sales online. The women told in investigators that he branded victims with the red carpet tattoos, it says. Investigators say Sammy also bought multiple luxury cars and a home using his victims' identities, it says. The task force uncovered credible serious allegations that this trafficker must answer for. Attorney General Dave Yost, I believe, said in a statement, we're hoping the public has information on his location so this investigation can bring his victims justice, it says. So, this is a black guy. This happened in Ohio. So, this is one story that I saw. Here is another story that involves a, another black guy, a black male. And again, the... The issue is this, that he's being accused of, once again, human trafficking. So this next story says a Texas human trafficker sentenced in scheme to get girls to work at strip clubs engaged in prostitution. So his name is Eric Taylor. So uh, this happened in San Antonio, Texas. So he was sentenced to 35 years in prison after a jury convicted him of human trafficking and for aggravated promotion of prostitution. So uh, this all took place back in the summer of 2018, okay? Apparently, investigators received reports that a 16-year-old girl was working as a, as a dancer at a strip club, right? So, and it also was revealed the girl had been recruited over social media by the man named Eric Taylor. To dance as a stripper and also to engage in prostitution, it says. So Eric Taylor also gave the the young child, the girl, a fake ID. They also found out through evidence showing that Taylor over several months had recruited at least three minors. And it says, and two 18-year-old women to come live with him. And to also work in the strip clubs, it says. Um, 
It says right here, agents from the, the TABC uh, Special Investigation Unit identified and charged several managers at strip clubs as well, well, at the clubs, in these locations who hired the minors to work as dancers as well. Um, again, it's black men are starting to become the face of human trafficking. Uh, the more that they promote this shit on social media, on Facebook, whatever it is, and they brag about meeting women, flying girls out, you know, to come, you know, see them and all this shit, you're going to see more and more black men being accused of human trafficking. Uh, we're seeing this with the with the uh, passport bros now. These men are being accused of human trafficking. In sex tourism as well. So if you're a black man, you have to be real careful in what you choose to promote online, especially involving women, because you can definitely be accused by any woman as being a human trafficker. And this is a crime. And the more black men come out and promote this shit and brag about certain things, you open the door up to either be arrested or or even be accused of something that you may have either did or didn't do. So again, this story comes from out of San Antonio, Texas. Uh, Eric Taylor was given 35 years in prison for his role in human trafficking as well. So this next story uh, is very graphic. Uh, this is what this episode is about. I must, I must warn you. It's very graphic. It's, it's very disturbing. Uh, under no circumstances should a child be adopted for the sole purpose because the parents want to abuse them. That'd be physical abuse, e emotional abuse. In this case, it's sexual abuse. So this should never happen. These two men are very sick. Okay, uh, this story happened, uh, well, came from Georgia, out of Georgia, excuse me. Um, it says a Georgia couple charged with using their adopted children to make child porn, it says. Um, it says Walton County Sheriff's Office raided a home in Loganville back in July on reports that a man there was downloading child porn. After interviewing the suspect who was not identified, police said they learned there was another suspect in the county who was producing homemade child sexual abuse material with at least one child who lived in the home, it says. Okay. Around 11.30 p.m., that same night, a search warrant was executed, right? So they found in the home, William Dale Zulak and his partner, Zachary Jacob Zulak. Okay. During their search, deputies found evidence the parent who were the children's adoptive fathers were engaging in sexually abusive acts. And video documenting this abuse, the sheriff's office said. 
Both men were charged with aggravated child molestation, sexual exploitation of a child, and enticing a child for indecent purposes, it, it says. But this story gets even worser in what was said and what happened in their home. So, well, this is whether this story, you know, gets bad, you know, just a fair warning to the uh, person, the people that are listening to this story. Um, for the first time, it was revealed that the men had allegedly pimped out their older sons, now 11 and 9. The two other men in a pedophile ring, it says. Uh, one of the men, whose name is Hunter Clay Lawless, told investigators that Zachary's, whose Instagram bio described him as, Papa to our two wonderful boys, an activist, invited him multiple times to take part in sexually abusing the boys. However, Lawless claimed he never had physical contact with either child. Lawless also claimed Zachary sent him multiple messages on Snapchat, including one that read, I'm going to F my son tonight. Stand by along with images of him sexually abusing the 11 year old, according to the outlet. The, the two men were arrested on, on charges of soliciting an act of prostitution with the 11 year old boy, according to the indictment. Um, but also this too, man, um, It says the couple had been active in the local LGBTQ community. So they were active. You know, so how can you be, you know, this, this gay couple and be gay and proud, but doing what you were doing behind closed doors to your own sons in abusing them. You know, this would ultimately affect these kids' lives forever and how they see people. The trust, you know, the abuse they went through at the hands of their own adoptive fathers. These men were the ones that stepped in that adopted them. They didn't think that, you know, these two men they took them in would do this to them. And the fact that, you know, uh, you can, you can wear this on your sleeve, you know, gay and, and proud and then be a part of this community. But at the same time, committing this very heinous acts against children. And then not only that, but you're sharing this with other people around you and talking about it as well. You know, this story, you know, this what makes this story so kind of hard to read is just the fact that it was kids involved and these men abused the kids. That's the saddest part about the entire story that, you know, people have certain titles like this, man. You know, again, it could be a priest, a pastor, a teacher, cops, 
And sometimes they'll use that as a way to get over on people. In this case, it's two gay men. So the assumption is, you know, you're just good people, you know, in this country. Now, it's becoming something to where you accept it now. I was uh, reading earlier where the Pope was saying that uh, being a homosexual now, you you should not be viewed as a criminal of any sort. You know, so people that's, you know, gay or trans, they are just regular people and they should be viewed as such and not condemned for it. But when I read these kind of stories, it kind of raised red flags to where people can then hide that and mask that and use it as an excuse to, you know, to commit crimes. In this case, you know, these two men abused these two boys and they were trusted under the flag under the cloak of you know you're gay so you must be safe that's what's what's kind of scary about this story is that that title was used as a way to to take advantage of very young kids and that's what's scary about this story and we see all the time people with certain titles they use that title to take advantage of people, to commit crimes, to deceive people, lie, and make them believe that there's something that they're not. And that's what's, uh, what's so sad about this story. Well, that's it for this episode. Uh, once again, I thank you for being able to tune in and listen to my podcast, No One Watches the Regular News, hosted by me, Kerry Bogar. Stay tuned for the next episode.